Welcome, Pewter Report readers, listeners, and viewers to the last Pewter Report podcast of the year. Not a football season, but of 2020. Mark Cook joins me today. I'm Scott Reynolds, if you don't know that by now. And we're going to preview Bucks Falcons Week 17 action. A chance, Mark, for this Bucks team to go 11 and 5, which Bruce Arians said the other day they want to do. They want to get that fifth seed. Actually, they have it, they want to hang on to it. And go eleven and five because eleven and five is special. Ten and six, it's not a lock that you're going to make the playoffs. This ten and five Buccaneer team has already locked in a playoff spot, but they're gunning for eleven and five. No resting the starters, right? And I wouldn't either. I mean, we've seen teams in the past that have tried that, and uh, I believe it was Indianapolis several years ago rested their starters like the last two weeks, and then they were awful in the playoffs. I mean, different teams do it different ways. But the big thing about eleven and five versus ten and six, and that five and six seed is, although it's very unlikely. The Buccaneers do host a playoff game. Again, if they are the fifth seed as opposed to the sixth seed, then the chances might be that they would have a better chance of hosting a home playoff game. Again, don't go rushing out trying to buy tickets or anything because it's probably not going to happen. But we saw the Saints lose last year to Minnesota in the first round of the playoffs. So uh, crazier things have happened, but we'll see. But I, I'm, I'm glad they're going to play their starters. Um, you know, something we'll talk about later in the show you know, getting Mike Evans that record, man, being the first mm-hmm. player to start his first seven seasons with a thousand yards, not first player in Buccaneer history, first player in NFL history. That's yeah, huge, man. in my opinion. It really is. No, it is. And also, too, Ronald Jones is, is expected to come back this week. And, you know, we'll see how he does playing with that, that uh, pinky that's got some pins in it. But Rojo is 100 yards away from 1,000 yards, and I know that the Buccaneers want to establish the run and, and get that going. As, as we've seen, certainly in years past, teams that run the ball well, look no further than last year, the Tennessee Titans, San Francisco 49ers. You know, it's, it's important to have a ground game, especially if there's inclement weather. Look what the Packers did to the Titans uh, running for over 200 yards on Sunday night football in the cold, snowy environment of Lambeau Field, Mark. Yeah, you're going to have to run the football, especially if you're going to go to a place like Green Bay. And really, you're going to have to run the football if you're going to take on New Orleans and New Orleans because they're such a physical defense. And if you ever allow them just to tee off, if you get way behind and you get out of your your scheme or your plays uh, as far as running the football goes, that's just bad. That's just a bad thing for the for the Buccaneers, really, any offense. So getting the running game going is good. My suggestion to Bruce Arians, if you're listening, is to take the opening kickoff, have Mickens down it at the one-yard line, Give the ball to Rojo. Let him go 99 yards like he did in Carolina. Then he only needs one more carry to get the 100 yards. Then you can get him out of the game. Next play, throw a 40-yard pass to Mike Evans and get him out of the game. And then, uh, you know, then get Tom Brady out pretty quick. (laughs) Well, uh, the the good news is is we're about four minutes into this podcast, and we're not going to get out of here anytime soon. We have plenty of Bucks falcons preview, plus the injury report, which just came out, uh, to get to you guys uh, out there in Pewter Nation. Before we do that, as you know, Mark, the Pewter Report podcast is proudly energized by our good friends at Celsius. Let's go. All 
right, Mark, I saw a Celsius can in your hand. What are you drinking today, my friend? I, I have the sparkling grapefruit. And uh, it, don't tell my doctor that I'm drinking this because, you know, it's, it's got a little bit of caffeine boost and we're trying to yeah. uh, keep the blood pressure down. But um, every once in a while, you just do need a burst and of energy and, and celsius is a great way to do it and it's my doctor will be happy to know there's no sugar in it and that's the big that's thing right. so many of these energy drinks are just loaded down with sugar and they'll give you an instant high an instant energy yeah. boost and then you crash it's somebody who takes medic medication for uh, diabetes um mm -hmm. wilford brimley and i we know those <laughs> highs and lows those highs and those crashes and even people yeah. who don't have sugar issues if you jack your sugar up uh with a high energy fructose type type drink um you're going to crash it's going to give you a boost initially but it's not going to last very long and scott yeah. i was standing in line i don't know if i'm allowed to to mention can i mention which store was that where i found yes, Celsius? absolutely wawa wawa yeah. was uh, i was in line at wawa and of course typical wawa fashion Nine people making sandwiches, one person checking people out. So it was about 15 <laughs> deep. So it was all the way by the drink thing. And I said, well, let me just look at the energy drink section. And there was uh, Celsius there. So if you're looking for Celsius in the Tampa Bay area, the Wawa stores do carry it. And I recommend you try it. And, uh, and let us know on Twitter and make sure to yep. tag Celsius if you enjoy it. Uh, Celsius powers active lives every day with essential functional energy and just like mark said no sugar and no preservatives uh tried a new flavor today mark i tried kiwi guava and i'll tell you what they nailed this flavor it tastes like kiwi guava there's no doubt about it they absolutely nailed this flavor um I, not one of my top three favorites but it's definitely i would say maybe number five this is if you're looking for something on the sweeter side this is the one right here and my wife ashley loves this so we, we shared this today and it's probably number two on her list behind watermelon um you know for me and i i, I think i think john's either tied with orange or grape mine's is is orange still my number one go-to but but i uh, haven't tried the grapefruit yet but i'll give that a try next and mark you talked about wawa Publix, target there's a lot of, of places where you can buy celsius energy drinks uh, the place that we we recommend, too, is if you go on pewterreport.com to read those stories from Mark and John and Taylor and Matt and myself, you're going to see those Celsius banners. Click on those banners. They'll take you right to Amazon. You can buy them by the case. If you're not but sure which flavor that you uh, that you want to buy a whole case of, we'll get the variety pack. That way you can sample a ton of the flavors and uh, and then make your decision. And when you buy in bulk, you save more money. So make sure that you're drinking Celsius as you ring in the new year. Mark? Uh, this is our last show of 2020, and we have the, the last, uh, well, I should say the second to last injury report. We're not going to have a podcast tomorrow. Uh, we will have our next podcast all the way next year, Sunday afternoon, actually Sunday evening, 730 after the Bucks falcons play at 1 o'clock. So we'll have all of our post-game coverage plus the, the post-game podcast, hopefully for Buccaneer fans out there and the team celebrating an 11-5 record. Mark, today I'm going to read these these players off, and you tell me uh, what the the update is, and and you think the likelihood that these players will go. Tom Brady did not participate today. Don't oh, worry. No. Oh no, he's hurt. Related? He's, no, he's hurt. No, no, he's not hurt. Okay, he's fine. Good. Woo, uh, veteran, me. veteran day off, no big good. deal. Carlton Davis, groin injury, limited participation. What did Bruce Arians say about Carlton today on the Br conference call? Bruce said he's getting better, and you know I really think if if last week at Detroit were to be a playoff game. I think mm -hmm. Carlton might went in that game. And um, 
But again, why why risk it? I mean, they certainly want to get that 11 wins at the same time, but they don't want to... This team expects to make a deep run in the playoffs. Whether they do or not, it doesn't matter. They really expect to. And if they do that, then they need to be... You know, a little extra cautious with the guy because you don't want to go into the playoffs without your top cornerback in Carlton Davis. But Bruce said today uh, that he's doing better, so I suspect that there's a good chance that he plays. Better chance, certainly, than he had last week. Maybe he yeah. gets in there for a few series, and if the Buccaneers can get ahead, he would probably be one of those first guys to come out. I think you're exactly right there. Uh, Mike Edwards had a hip injury, didn't finish that game up at Detroit, was limited today. Uh, kind of a wait-and-see situation with, with Mike Edwards, Mark? Yeah, I think so. And, and, you know, that's fortunately for the Buccaneers, it's a fairly deep position. I mean, Mike Edwards has made some plays this year, but it's Jordan Whitehead and, and Winfield Jr. are the two top guys. And, and yeah. you know, those those are the guys the team counts on, and they've been very durable all year long. So um, it's not a – I mean, if, 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 if he can't go, I don't think it's a big, it's a big loss uh, or going to hurt the team unless – Whitehead or or Winfield Jr. were to get hurt, but I think uh, I think they'll be okay without without him. But I, I suspect it's another guy. It's a hip flexor. Bruce said right. uh, on Monday, um, and and I don't I don't think it's very serious. Leonard Fournette limited also in practice with an abdomen injury. We saw him uh, score a key touchdown, would kind of put the game away early up there in Detroit. Then we saw Keyshawn Vaughn really kind of take over and get the majority of the carries and yards. Um, I, I, w- I would suspect that, that Leonard's going to be a go this week. Now let's yeah. get to the main guy, Ronald Jones' finger. He's off the COVID list, but uh, he practiced with that finger uh, that has some pins in it. Limited participation. What did what did Coach Arian say about Ronald Jones' availability? Sounds like he's going to play? Yeah, no, I think they want to get him that 1,000 yards, and they're going to just kind of see how it goes. They want him to be able to protect himself, you know, not do any further damage, but if Chris Godwin again can go out and catch footballs uh, with with basically the same injury, then I think Ronald Jones can hang on to the football with that with that same type of injury. I think they want to certainly get him that thousand yards if possible. I think Ronald's going to be a go. Um, you know, hopefully he's in good shape, good cardiovascular, good. You know, he stayed in football shape the last couple of weeks. I'm sure he did, uh, so he should be fine. And then rounding out the injury report for the Buccaneers, Jeremiah Ledbetter, who got his first sack. Last week in Detroit with a calf injury, did not participate today. Uh, any indication about him? No, I don't think Bruce said anything about him. And from what I understand is that injury actually occurred when he was celebrating getting that very first sack. I think he may have jumped <laughs> a little too high or was rowing the boat a little too hard. I don't remember exactly what it is. So, uh, But no, I mean, it, it was good to see him get that first sack, just like we talked about with Pat O'Connor and, and Anthony Nelson. Yeah. Um, who knows if the Buccaneers are going to be legitimately counting on these guys two or three years down the road. I mean, they're developmental guys. The Buccaneers have them on a roster for a reason. So to see them getting some production in their limited number of reps that they've had, that's a good sign, you know, moving, moving into the future for the team. Agreed. Uh, Last injury for for the Bucs, Jason Pierre-Paul, he's been battling a knee injury all year long, limited participation. He might even, I'm going to guess, he might even get the veteran day off tomorrow. He will play on Sunday. Yeah. There's nothing that's going to keep this guy out for sure. Looking uh, Bruce, at the Falcons. Bruce said uh, the other day that, you know, there's some guys that, you know, he'd have to take a stick to uh, yeah. and, and beat them <laughs> in the head to get him not to play in this game. And, and Jason Pierre-Paul is one of those guys. He's not going to not play yeah. in that game. And Jason Pierre-Paul, nine and a half sacks, Mark. Devin White closing in, nine sacks. Shaq Barrett, eight sacks. This could be a situation. And they only got to to Matt Ryan three times. Devin White had all three of the sacks for the Buccaneers uh, three weeks ago when these teams uh, first played 
And, um, and you know, Jason Pierre-Paul would love to make amends for last week because I think he had an opportunity to get two sacks, just let him slip out of his hands. Um, also had a pick six that he, that he dropped as well. Yeah. But uh, Jason Pierre-Paul, I think, wants to get to double digits. You know Devin White does as well. And then and then you've got Shaq Barrett uh, in, in the mix. Uh, it, it could be a big day for the Bucks' pass rush. Matt Ryan got sacked four times in Kansas City. And if that's the case, you'd love to see the Bucks for the first time in franchise history, have three guys hit double-digit yeah. sacks. Only happened a couple times. Chidi Hanatu and and uh, Warren Sapp did it uh, back, I want to say, in 97, I believe. And then Marcus Jones and uh, Warren Sapp, I want to say, uh, in 2001 or 2000. Well, one of those two years, they, they both had double-digit sacks. So interesting to see. The Falcons, certainly more banged up. Uh, we did not see cornerback Darquez Denard. Uh, he was out with with a quadricep injury the first go round. Same thing with um, with Julio Jones. We did not play in that game with a hamstring injury. Both of those players did not participate today for Atlanta. The same thing with Charles Harris. Not injury related, but he was not at practice. Uh, Brandon Powell, the wide receiver, foot injury, did not participate. Um, and then you've got uh, a couple of other players. Uh, their their linebacker who has had a really good year, Foyasade uh, Oluwakin. He has uh, he's got a a ankle injury. He was limited. Ida Smith, the running back, rib injury was limited. Luke Stocker, tight end, elbow injury limited. Oh no, not Luke. Alex Mack, concussion, limited participation. And let's see, Matt Hennessy, the other center, uh, knee injury, full participation. And then limited participation for left guard James Carpenter with a groin injury. Defensive end John Kaminsky limited with the shoulder. And Marlon Davidson, their rookie out of Auburn, knee injury, limited participation. So certainly more injuries on the Falcons' side. Well, when, uh, you're, when you're playing on a, uh, a four- or five-win football team with a lame-duck coach, no general manager, um, you know, Scott, my, my, I might, I might sprain my thumb if I was covering this football team, you know what I mean? And not be able to cover the game this week. I mean, who wants to be a part of that? I mean, now we say that we saw the Falcons last year, they were fighting for Dan Quinn's job when they came into Raymond right. James stadium and beat the Buccaneers, a game the Buccaneers really, really wanted to win. Um, and, and had a lot to play for. We're talking about Jameis Winston's future here in Tampa Bay. And yet they were able to beat the Buccaneers in that game. But I think it's going to be different this week, Scott. I think, yeah. I, I don't think it's going to be Detroit bad. I mean, Detroit had checked out, uh, obviously before the game even started and the Falcons, right. you know, are going to go and play hard, but it's, it's not a meaningful game to them. They know they're not fighting for anything at all. In fact, right now they're sitting at number four. If they were to have a draft, the only thing they would do if they win was a screw up would be to screw up their draft position. Honestly. Yeah, exactly. We have a question now from Nate Pitts. What if Tampa didn't let Rojo or Mike Evans get those records so it could be used against them in re-signing? Well, Mike <laughs> Evans has re-signed for several years, so that's not really a factor with Rojo. Um, listen, if you get 900 yards or a thousand yards, I don't think the agent's going to let the team off the hook, especially when, when Rojo is averaging around five yards per carry and, and uh, has, has been a top five runner, for pretty much the entire season. So um, I, I think Bruce Arians is the kind of coach he wants to see those guys get those, those milestones. Um, so, you know, good question, but I, I think that, that, uh, that we're going to be seeing Rojo uh, do everything the Bucks can to get him a thousand yards. He just needs a hundred. He's at 900 right now. Um, 
Khalif uh, Young asks, any word on us looking at snacks? Uh, no. Uh, yes. I yes. Uh, Oreos are good. I'm a big <laughs> cheese. It's not that snacks. Never mind. Go ahead. You answer. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I, I don't think that, that they're looking at at snacks uh, at all. I, I think that, that there was some interest earlier in, in the season. Of course, we're talking about uh, Damon Harrison, the defensive lineman that uh, Seattle waived the other day. Um, I, I think that that with the Buccaneers, when they didn't have the opportunity to get him, when he wanted to stick with, with the uh, with the Seahawks earlier in the year, well, that unfortunately um, kind of closed the door there. The Bucks went out, Jason Light went out, and, and made the trade for uh, Steve McClendon, and I, I think that he's been a good role player, you know, and um, and so we've we've certainly see seen Tampa Bay not really drop much in terms of their rush defense. It's it's, they're still the, the top-ranked team in the league when it comes to rushing defense. I think they're at 72 yards per game, and that, that's a, actually 77 yards per game. The next closest team is Indianapolis with 92 yards per game. So they, they felt a little bit of the drop-off mark without having beat a VF from a pass rush standpoint. I don't think that Raheem Nunez-Roches – uh, no, he's not the pass rusher that beat of no. was. Same thing with Steve McClendon. Although against Atlanta, Raheem Nunez Rochez had a hell of a game getting pressure, but uh, wasn't able to get home. Uh, but it's got to be it's got to be consistent pressure, and that's the one thing you yeah. can count on with Vita Vea. You're not going to move him; he's going to collapse the middle of the pocket. And when you're playing a right. guy like Drew Brees, you need that because Drew yeah. isn't running anywhere. Now, when they bring Taysom Hill in, he's going to get outside. But you know, guys like Matt Ryan and guys like uh, yeah. Drew Brees love to step up in the pocket, and, and that's where having number fifty in the middle was so valuable, I think, to this football team. And I think it's something that they miss, and they're going to miss until next year when he comes back. Yeah, you know, uh, Greg DeCruz asks, I noticed that Anthony O'Claire has been inactive the last few games. This Canadian thing. <laughs> Greg's uh, uh, Greg's our great North friend. No, I, I don't think it's it's a Canadian thing at all. It's not even an Anthony O'Claire thing. I think that, that the team is – they're set at wide receiver, and they like Tanner Hudson better as a receiver, right? And so if they're going to activate those, those uh, players, those uh, tight ends, it's going to be Gronkowski and Cam Brate and Tanner Hudson. And I think that they've gotten by with with Joe Haig as that third tight end. They're bringing in an extra offensive tackle for some added beef. Nothing against LaClaire, but he's 260, 265, whereas Joe Haig's over 300 pounds. And I think that that just helps them a little bit more on the perimeter when they go to those, those big uh, packages and they run the ball. Uh, Mark, speaking of big packages, Justin yes. Smith with a $50 super chat. The kids and I listen to you guys all the way back home from Atlanta to OKC. Thanks so much for all the great content this year. Thank you, Justin. That is oh, one. I appreciate it, man. You know, I, thought when, I thought when you said big, big packages, we were going to transition into uh, the manscaping thing, but I was wrong. So, But uh, <laughs> I would rather transition into a great super uh, donation chat from Justin Smith. Really yes. appreciate it, man. And uh, hopefully we keep it PG enough that you allow the kids to continue to listen. But if you don't mind, have them download it separately so we can boost our numbers up. Uh, you know, We don't mind <laughs> exactly. family sharing, but you know, maybe they can download it on their phone too. Uh, Cartier Walker says JPP is the best free agent bucks uh, that the, the team's ever had aside from Vincent Jackson. Well, I will say this technically he was a trade. Jason yeah. So I would say it's probably the best trade other than John Gruden, right? Cause John Gruden resulted yeah. in, in the Super Bowl his first year. But in terms of players, I think that Jason Pierre Paula has, has kind of earned that distinction as the best 
player uh, acquired in a trade by the Buccaneers. And I think, I think, Mark, you have to say with the year that Tom Brady's having that, I mean, you can say Simeon Rice and you can say Brad Johnson, but this year, if the Buccaneers were to go to the Super Bowl, that Tom Brady is the best free agent signing of all time, especially since he set some records. And if the Bucs do get to 11 and 5, Mark, it's, it's a, a record they've only achieved, what, twice before in 1999? Yeah. What, three times? 1999, they were 11 and 5. And Super Bowl year, they were 12 and 4. So technically, they got to 11 wins there. And then they were also 11 and 5 in 2005. So this is rarefied air for the Buccaneers if they win on Sunday, beating the Falcons and moving to 11 and 5. Yeah, no, Tom Brady um, is definitely up there. I mean, he's he's probably just a little below Eric Wright as a free agent signing. Uh, he was all, he was always my favorite. What a jerk that guy was, by the way. I, this Scott, one day in the offseason, you and I just need to do a show and not even really talk about football as much. It's just talk about the crap we've seen behind the scenes and, and some of the real turds in the locker room. And that was a guy that I just – just some guys rub you the wrong way. He was yeah. one of them for sure. He but, and Derek Ward. And you know what? That that was the yeah. same agent class that Mark Dominic had. So uh, it, it was crazy, right? You had, you had Vincent Jackson, I believe, that year. Mm-hmm. You had right. uh, Paul Nix, Carl who was Nix. Great, up in, great up until MRSA, right? Yeah. And then you had Derek Ward and Eric Wright. So it was like two really, really no, solid. No, w- Ward Ward was before that class. Ward was, uh, I think that was, uh, that wasn't the same year. No, because okay. I wasn't there for Derek Ward. I think that was 2010 for Ward or nine, something like that. It was a couple years. Yeah, it was still during the Raheem Morris years. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. yeah it was during the Raheem Morris right years. years. And then uh, MRSA came out of Chiano. Sorry. Did you tell I, him that... <laughs> Did you say a story one time about he complained because the Buccaneers didn't give him enough socks to practice in? He said something like the Giants gave me more socks or something like that. They knew yeah. right away that this guy was going to be a bad apple. Yeah, exactly. Wow. We got a great apple here from Jordan uh, Schendemeyer. I'm sorry, Schender. Schneiderman. Schneiderman. Sorry, I don't have my glasses on. Jordan Schneiderman, lifelong Bucks fan here in Canada. Boy, we got some Canadian love today. That's awesome. My first year not coming down to Tampa for a game since 2008. Thanks, COVID. Here's hoping I was the curse all along and we we go all the way. Love the podcast. Keep up the great work, guys. Really appreciate that super chat. Wow. No, I appreciate that, Jordan. And and Jordan, for being from Canada, I want to thank you and Greg DeCruz for for sharing Gordon Lightfoot with the world. He's uh, my favorite Canadian musician. I hate Rush, but uh, I just watched a documentary on Gordon Lightfoot on uh, Amazon the other day. If you're a Gordon Lightfoot fan, check it out. It's a great program. But thank you for sharing, Jordan. Uh, uh, Gordon Lightfoot. Don't really yeah. care about uh, about Rush, and there's been some other bad bands from from uh, from Canada. But we appreciate. I like Harem Scarum. It's one of my favorite bands. They're a rock band. You wouldn't know who they are, but Harem Scarum is like no. one of those bands for me. Greg DeCruz, sticking with the Canadian theme. The last time this team had a Keyshawn on it, they won the Super Bowl. That's true. That's something I even. I even uh, texted Jason Light after he drafted Keyshawn Vaughn. I wasn't like super thrilled about the Keyshawn Vaughn pick, although Vaughn really has come on behind the scenes, and we kind of saw him. Uh, I, I thought make some phenomenal runs up there in Detroit with his extended playing time. But I said, you know, you, you did yourself a favor, Jason. You know, Jason Light wasn't here in, in 2002. Obviously, Rich McKay was the general manager. But I said, the, the Bucks have only won a Super Bowl with a, a player named Keyshawn on the roster, so. Maybe that has helped the Buccaneers from a cosmic karma way in terms of, of getting that on there. What about Ann Murray, Mark? <laughs> yeah, Ann's okay, but uh, 
she's no Alanis Morissette. You know, if we're going to talk yeah. female Canadian artists, uh, we're, we're going to go with Alanis over over Anne Murray all day long. Uh, that's that's a great pick right there. Uh, Buck nine seven five five. Need a pod on these stories. I agree, Mark. Yes, and th that's what the off season's for, folks. We got right. games to break down. We're in the middle of a playoff hunt right here, but we have some we have some off season uh, uh, podcasts to fill. And yeah, there's going to be plenty of free agency talk and plenty of of you know dishing out player grades and game grades on future podcasts uh in january maybe in february right if if things go as planned for the buccaneers uh, we'll have plenty of free agency and draft talk but we'll also have plenty of time to uh to break down some stories in my 25 years of covering the buccaneers mark how many how many years have you covered this is year 11 my tenth, 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 tenth full season yeah 10th full-time season yeah yeah, gotcha. yeah. In in that pod, in in that story podcast, Scott, you and I, we may even reveal the player who wore pink underwear in the locker room on a regular basis. Yes. Not going to yeah. give that away now. You guys no, probably have your guesses, but uh, yeah. Yes. Anyway, there's a lot of yeah. great stories we can tell you. It would be better. It would be better. It would be better if it wasn't COVID times and you could catch me and Scott out for a beer. That's when yeah. we really tend to spill the guts. Oh, yeah. I don't know if we want to do it all on the podcast, but yeah, that's true. Uh, there's some good stuff. Big Earn, 849 coming through with the super chat. Come on, guys. Cook hasn't had a new camera since the Bucks' last playoff <laughs> run. Where's the poor man's Trevor Sikkim and John at? Um, well, we can say this now. Uh, John's wife, Britt, had uh, emergency appendectomy surgery. She had appendicitis literally the other night. So John's not on the pod. Uh, and I, was, I just want to report that I was able to take it out. There were no complications. Dr. Cook in fine. the house. Yes, <laughs> uh, she's doing she's doing well. Gave her some aspirin yep. and uh, bandaged it up. She should be fine. Yep. So so we are we're certainly uh, grateful and glad that yes. that Britt is home. Britt Ledyard is home, ringing in the new year uh, with her family in the state of Florida, and uh, that was more of a routine surgery without complications. So great to hear it. John will be back on Sunday. He's uh, probably already got her up taking care of the kids while he's breaking down more. <laughs> You know, film. game film of 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 seventh round draft prospects. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, poor poor lady. All right. So so Cartier says we need Andrew Adams back there with, with Winfield. Now I'll tell you what. Uh, you know, we have a little bit of a different twist. Uh, John came through, and, and I know he teased it last week, but he came through today with the new look dime defense could improve pass rush and Bucks coverage article, and you really got to check it out. Um, He's got some different personnel twists. I'm not going to give it all away, but yeah, how would you like Devin White? How would you like Devin White as a, as a as an edge rusher, or maybe maybe lined up over the guard as as a stand up kind of defensive tackle, if you will, because that's where Devin White's at his best. And uh, and then how would you like uh, Ross Cockrell? Ross Cockrell in there in the slot instead of SMB. Go check out that article if you haven't. Um, the new look dime defense could improve Bucks coverage pass rush. By John Ledyard, uh, so I think he got that that uh, article written while uh, waiting for Brett to leave the hospital. So, <laughs> yeah, um, he told his kids, "Go in the room, entertain yourself. Daddy's got to work." Exactly, he's like a machine. He's our version of Greg Allman. I, I like to tell people, yes. You know I, mean? I mean, he may end up dying a lonely old man because he shuns everybody, but that's okay. He's going to be one <laughs> hell of a writer and football analyst for sure. No doubt about it. We're happy to have him on the Peter Report team. Yep. And, uh, you know, listen, maybe it's not all Tom Brady. Maybe it's not all Rob Gronkowski. Maybe the Bucks are having this run because John Ledyard's here. Who knows? Well, we know it's because Trevor left. I mean, look what the Panthers are doing this year. Good job, yep. Trevor. He goes to Carolina. Yep. They suck even worse than normal. 
Nate Pitts asks, Mark, be sure to ask when the season's over, who would you want in this locker room to date your sister the Ooh. most? Oh, okay. we'll, we'll that, that, that was actually uh, uh, the Minnesota Vikings. I don't remember who it was, but I, I think Nate, Nate might have been the one that sent me the video. And they thought it would be a good, like, uh, 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 what's cooking type segment. And yeah. in the Minnesota locker room, every single play, almost every single person said they would not want Stefan Diggs to date their sister. It was a really funny right. thing. You probably yeah, I remember that. on YouTube. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll try and do that. If we ever get back in the locker room again, I got all kind of great things planned. Yeah. I mean, my big thing was, would Rob Gronkowski have been the best what's cooking guest in the history of what's cooking? I mean, he might have even been better oh than my Cameron Great. He would have been great. Oh he might have yeah. upstaged me. That would have been tough to do, but he probably would have. He would have anyway. been phenomenal. There's no doubt about it. And I think even Tom Brady, if we could have had Tom on what's cooking, he yeah. would have probably disapproved of all of the food options because they weren't healthy enough, right? You know, oh, was, I would have hammered him for his, his stir-fried tofu with yeah. B12 vitamins sprinkled in on top, for sure. Exactly. And then he could walk in with the big TB12, like water, <laughs> like water. Uh, yes. Picture. It's like, you know, right. uh, two feet long. So uh, I'll tell you what, Mark. Let's let's really kind of dive into some Bucks Falcons here, right? I mean, uh, just just to recap quickly, this is a Falcons team that that simply can't finish games. You can look no further than the last two games, up seventeen to nothing, and they they choked away the lead. The Buccaneers came back in the fourth quarter, actually in the second half, scoring thirty one points, but took the lead in the fourth quarter. Didn't look back. Thirty one twenty seven was your final. Tom Brady went went ballistic in the fourth quarter of that game after a slow start, passed for over 300 yards in that quarter alone. And then the Falcons last week uh, gave up a, a lead again to Kansas City. They played the, the Chiefs incredibly tough at Arrowhead, and it was a low-scoring affair. Young Ho Koo, who is a phenomenal kicker, had a costly Pro Bowl. Pro yeah, Bowl. This is a 39-yard kick yep. that would have tied the game. Yep, so again – Falcons can't close games, but you know what? They'll stay in it the entire way. This this is a team that doesn't quit. They're not nearly as bad as the Lions. Um, I think they're going to quit this week. This is the, the week they quit. Well, the, this is the week where teams do quit. Uh, we've yeah. seen we've seen some some final seasons <laughs> for the Buccaneers where they've they've really kind of mailed it in. Um, but we'll, you mean we'll Shiano's see. last year when they went to New Orleans and and lost a hundred to zero? Yes. That yes. one or, or I mean, Raheem can... or Raheem's final game in Atlanta after yes. New Year. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Those, those were awful. But listen, uh, before we do, I would be remiss if, if we didn't say because we've had some fantastic super chats and we've also had some some great donations on pewterreport.com. So if you don't want to give in the super chat or if you don't know how, that's fine. If you would like to, to donate to pewterreport.com during this holiday season, you can go over to pewterreport.com backslash donation. And I'll take you to a page where you can give a one-time donation for as little as $10 or for any denomination you want. Or if you want to become a monthly donor, we'd love to have that. Uh, $3 a month is the, the lowest amount. And, and the highest amount is only, only $9 a month. So three, I think it's 3 5 and 9 are your donation choices for the monthly option. And you can pay by credit card uh, or you, you can even do PayPal. So greatly appreciate that. We, we got a fantastic donation this week from a longtime follower, reader, listener, uh, Kieran Reddy. And Kieran gave us a $50 Southwest gift card to assist with our travel expenses. So big thank you to our longtime Peter Report follower, reader, and listener, Kieran Reddy, for that. And Kieran wanted us to give a shout-out to some of his friends on the pod, his buddies Red, Abby, and Chris. So go Bucks to you guys 
And certainly thank you, Karen, for that uh, donation for the Southwest gift cards. We do fly Southwest and we use, use typically use Southwest uh, points for that. So don't know that we're going to be able to what, go did, to. Did you say his, did you say his buddy's names were Red, Abby, and Chris? Yes. That just sounds like three characters I would want to hang around. I mean, that's I just, think about that. Red, clearly a yeah. nickname. Abby, certainly, uh, you know, probably not from uh, Polk County. And then, uh, no, and then, and then just Chris. Just yeah. Chris. Well, and, and even Karen. I mean, Karen sounds yeah. like a, so, <laughs> That's awesome. I want to be, I want to hang with those guys. They sound like the original Wolfpack. So we're probably not going to go to the first round game, but if there's a second round game, whether it's New Orleans, uh, Seattle, Green Bay, probably would go there for that game. Um, our, our travel budget's limited this year. Yeah. Uh, and, and we've also had to take some COVID precautions as well, too. So uh, have not been able to to do the traveling last year, Mark. You and I went to to London for the Carolina game, which is a really cool experience. Man, uh, I went to let's see where to, where did I go? I went to Jacksonville, went there with uh, with Trevor and uh, and Grizz, and then uh, Trevor and I also went to Carolina. So I got to go to three games. You went to L.A. last year for the Rams. To L.A., game. London, um, Detroit, and Tennessee. Well, yeah, and uh, had a tremendous time in uh, in great cities. I mean, it's fun, obviously, to go to new stadiums, in new places. But you know, it's it's fun to, to to get away a little bit as well too. Now we don't go and spend a week before that. We usually fly out, fly out like the Friday before the game. Yeah, uh, even sometimes just the Saturday. Um, but um, but it's it's nice to get to a different city, see a different press box, try the different food, but mainly right. be able to be there in person to yeah. give you that coverage, that immediate coverage when we were inside the locker room. This year, it's it's not as crucial just because everything right. is done on Zoom. That's um, right. I mean, you know, it's 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 you could, we could fly all the way to wherever. Fact is, the access is going to be the same if you're in your living room, really, if That's you're right. at the press box, because you're not going to see the players live. You're not right. going to be able to talk to them or get any breaking news. Everybody's going to get the same thing. But hopefully, yeah. uh, certainly, this these Super Chat donations, all those things will go to help fund uh, this for next year when, uh, knock on wood, everything is a little bit more back to normal and, and we can go and travel again. I haven't looked at yeah. the schedule and I know that's a story that we will have out Sunday right after the game when the Bucks opponents are finalized. Mm -hmm. Um, but I haven't even taken a peek. They, most of them, we know, we don't know when it's going to happen. That happens right before the schedule release, but we pretty much know the teams are going to play. There's one that's always open and it takes until the week 17 matchup to yep. uh, to determine who that final opponent is, but right. we'll, we'll have that story up on Pewter Report uh, Sunday as soon as the uh, game. Exactly. Is well, we, we know some of them: Atlanta, Carolina, New Orleans. Obviously, right? That's home right. and away. They're, they're divisional opponents. Uh, and then we've got. Uh, let's see. Let me find the home and away here, because I, I got a list of the opponents. Here we go: the home games: Dallas Cowboys, New York Giants, Buffalo Bills, Miami Dolphins. And then a team from the NFC North. So if the Buccaneers finish second in the NFC North, uh, I'm sorry, in the NFC South right now, which uh, it looks like, I, I believe the Bucks will finish second. Yeah, they, they will. Yeah. They have to. So yeah. they're locked into the second because uh, obviously New Orleans clinched the division. So the corresponding team in the NFC North uh, is Chicago Bears. Anybody? Oh, well, yeah. the NFC well, North. I was thinking East. Yeah, yeah. no, you're right. The yeah. North. Yeah, the NFC the North. So. That will be the Chicago Bears, and so that's that's a that's that's a home game. So the Bears will come here uh, back just like the old days, right? When the Chicago Bears used to come and fill yeah. up 
the big sombrero mark. Yep. The away games, well, the Bucks are playing uh, the AFC East and the and the AFC um, or the NFC East. So New the, England road trip, New Tom England. Brady back to New That's England. Right. We are going to go to that somehow. Yep, New York Jets, J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. I got to think Matt Matera is going to go there, right? For sure. Uh, <laughs> Philadelphia Green. Eagles. Yeah, right. Philadelphia Eagles and the Washington. Uh, they're not going to be the football team next year. They're actually going to choose a different name. They were the Redskins. They decided to move on. So it's going to be the Washington something or others. So look for the, for that uh, nickname. <laughs> I wish out. they would just go with the something or others. That would be yeah, awesome. I don't know what their the logo football. would be, but it would be cool. Right. It's like a question mark, right? Like like a something or other, you know? We don't know what we Washington are. Washington something or others. They should call and themselves the Washington Haskins. <laughs> no? Too yeah. soon? And, and then they're going to be playing, the, the Buccaneers will be playing uh, on the road, a corresponding team with the NFC West. So right now, that's the Arizona Cardinals. So Bruce and Jason would get to go back home to play the Arizona Cardinals. Oh, no, I take that back. They'll be the L.A. Rams right now. Uh, if – if the Cardinals are eight and seven, the Rams are nine and six. So we'll have to see how, yeah. how the, that shakes out. But it could be a return trip to LA to face the Rams for a third year in a row. Mark, sometimes the schedule is quirky like that. And um, I would love to go back to LA to just to be honest with you. That was yeah. uh, other than London, that was probably my favorite road trip. California was yeah. great. Now I do not want to be in LA currently, right now. LA and California is a total <laughs> in lockdown. mess and disaster. Yeah, I would not want to be yeah. there, but. Uh, it was a great time last year, and that I want, I want to see the new stadium there, the SoFi Stadium. But it, I tell you what was cool, Scott, about last year, and people probably don't care about this, but we're going to tell it anyway because it's our podcast. It was at the LA Coliseum, the history in that building, right? This is yeah. where John McKay used to coach the USC Trojans, and Ricky right. Bell won, and Archie mm -hmm. Griffin, and and you know the matchups and the in 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 the games that have been played there. Um, you know, Marcus Allen's of, of the world. Um, yeah. You know, that was just the, in, in the, the 84 Olympics, you know, the Carl Lewis years, all of those things to see. Hey, Ronald Jones loved playing there. You yeah. Know? Yeah. To, that was that was a great stadium to go to just from the historical um, yeah. advantage. And plus, Evil Knievel jumped like 16 buses in there one time, too. So right. you, anytime you throw Evil Knievel in, it was awesome. But uh, I, I want to go back to L.A. You should go to L.A., too. It was, it's a great trip. I, I went to L.A. a long time ago, back in the 90s, and uh, I, I would definitely like to, to head it's back, back there. back when Edward you were uh, trying to break into acting, right? No, not at all. No? Edward Fernandez asks, uh, do you think we will see a little bit more Herb Miller because of the interception? You know, Bruce loves believing and uh, leaving the hot man in. Well, while Herb Miller got one interception, they're happy to have Carlton Davis back this week if he can play. Uh, but I will say this. If Carlton can't go, they've got no problems playing more of Ross Cockrell and then dressing Herb Miller for this game. So uh, anytime you get limited playing time, you make something happen, that always bodes well in the eyes of the coaches. That's why Mike Edwards has gotten more playing time this year, Mark, uh, down yeah. the stretch. Even though he's been beaten out for the starting job, he got seven starts last year as a rookie. But his starting job was taken by Antoine Winfield Jr., the Bucks' second-round pick. But the times Edwards been in, he's made things happen with two interceptions this year, a fumble recovery, almost a scoop and score against the Saints. So, so uh, certainly uh, good stuff there from Herb Miller last week. Uh, Cartier Walker says, guarantee if Todd Bowles plays more man coverage, we will blow more teams out. I agree. Uh, play more man coverage, that is, that, that's critical because whenever they've done that, uh, I, I think that's that's been a well, huge. Well, here's my thing, and and I'm no X's and O's guys as as much as maybe you and John goes, but just 
to me, what's frustrating is when they blitz and then they play a soft zone. I don't really understand that. I mean, if you're going to blitz, the quarterback's yeah. going to get the ball out of his hand probably very quickly. So right. why are you playing eight or ten yards off the ball? I think that's when man man coverage is so crucial. And here's another thing, though. Teams can't play man coverage 70 plays a game on defense. I mean, right. the defensive backs can't run down the field, you know, that many times. I mean, it takes a, a lot more exertion and energy for a yeah. defensive back to play man coverage than it does zone coverage. But there are certainly times when we were screaming at our television, what in the world, uh, or you're screaming in the press box, what in the world, you know, is Todd Bowles thinking right here? And again, we're saying this, and this team is a top 10 defense, number one rushing defense overall, you know, in the top 10, much improved over last year. But um, anyway, we're going to stay on it. It doesn't matter how good they are. This team could be going to the Super Bowl. If we find a weakness or something we think is going to be better, it's our job as reporters to point it out. So, Got to point it out. Anyway. Greg, Greg DeCruz uh, says, the Bucks have been so much better at not committing penalties or turnovers since the Brady meltdown. I guess I guess that's against the Chiefs. Mark, Greg's got no, a great. I think he's I think he's talking about the meltdown he had in, in the Bears game. Remember that Thursday night game on when he went off on the sideline. Yeah, Is that what but you're talking um, about Greg. But uh, the, you're the, right. The, the penalties have cut down. You're right. The Chiefs yeah. game was when well, things he, really. Here's dropped. the thing: no turnovers, Mark, since the bye week. No yeah. turnovers for this Bucks offense. And and you look at the penalties. Five penalties for 34 yards against the Minnesota Vikings. One penalty for 10 yards against the Falcons. Eight penalties for 65 yards against Detroit. Uh, the, the Lions had 10 penalties, so it wasn't like the Bucks even had the most penalties that day. You add up all the penalties, that's 14 penalties for 109 yards in three games. Mark, they had, they had 11 penalties for over 100 yards in the Bears game alone. Yeah. So right now they're averaging just under five penalties per game. And just 36 yards since coming out of the bye week with no turnovers. That's a recipe for success. Scott, what do you what do you always say? The uh, the best way to how do teams win? What's the first thing teams have to do? First, first rule, of, rule football. of football: don't beat yourself. And yeah. finally, and, this team has decided not to beat itself, and that's why they're winning games. Yes. And and you go back to that that Falcons game, Mark, and we'll bring it back to this preview here. The Buccaneers didn't have any turnovers against the Falcons. If they would have had one turnover. That would have eliminated a scoring possession, especially yep. in the second half, and they would not have had enough time to come back and win. They had one penalty for 10 yards. So when you look at, at that valiant comeback that they made, 31 points yeah. in the second half of that game, and, and again, scoring on, I believe, every possession or just about every possession in the second half, but they, they, they had to play a clean game to have enough time to come back. And they right. did that. One penalty, no turnovers against the Falcons. Boy, if, if they had that same type of performance again, they're going to beat the Falcons for the second time this year, Mark. I mean, you just said something that is so simplistic, Scott, that I've never really even thought about a whole lot. When you turn the ball over, you're turning over a possession. You're turning over a potential scoring opportunity. And not just that, you're giving the other team one extra opportunity to score. And I think – that's the reason we saw this team seven and nine last year, as opposed to potentially eleven and five this year. I mean, you look at the turnover difference from last year to this year, particularly under center. And and no, everybody yeah. knows I love Jameis Winston, but I don't believe this football team is is sniffing eleven and five if yeah. Jameis Winston is the quarterback. And now the I, chat is going to blow up, and people are going to tell me I'm <laughs> crazy or they agree with me. But it's just, I mean, again, he's just. There's a reason when Drew Brees went out, they turned to Taysom Hill too. I think. Right. I mean, I really believe that. Yeah. Um, 
Mark, we were there last year in London. Share my year says, let's be honest, the pub in London was better than the game. That's right, the Admiralty Pub. Oh, we're yes. great Bucks fans. Uh, we, we knew, speaking of Jameis Winston, a great segue to your point, first pass picked off yeah. in London. We looked yeah. at each other, we're like, here we go. Right? <laughs> you got to be mean, kidding me, right? Unreal. unreal. And it just five. continued throughout the game. What did he end up yeah. with, four or five in that game? It was five just... interceptions. Mark, he had three interceptions. And remember, we had to leave about halfway through the fourth quarter to get down to the press box area. Or actually, I right. did. You, you yeah. stayed up there. Um, they, they called for the media wanting to go to the locker room. And, and I looked at you and said, okay, I'll go. You stay up here and finish the, the game story. Mark, by the time I left, he had three interceptions. By the time I got down <laughs> two uh, more. and walked all the way around uh, Tottenham Hotspur Stadium to get there, it was like literally about a half a mile walk. He threw four interceptions, and we're sitting there waiting for the end of the game. And then um, we saw on the monitor he, th- he threw interception number five. It was a horrible day. But the pub, the Admiralty pub, was great in London. London, everything about – like Scott, you know this. This is crazy, and, 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 and Megan beats me up all the time because I did not want to go. Like I was like, I don't want to get a passport. I don't want to fly across an ocean. I don't yeah. like airplanes. What is This is how dumb I am. This is how hillbilly and country I am. What is there to do in London? It sounds boring. <laughs> and yeah. I was just amazed at what an amazing city. We get, met a good friend, Roger McQueen, that helped us out with yeah. some photography, but was a great tour guide. Uh, we met some of the great people, um, uh, readers Gio! and things like that. It was, it was by the Thames. We saw the, the Globe Theater, Shakespeare. We saw Big Ben. We saw the Eye of London. We, it was- we went into a pub that was established in 1627, right? Yes. The same pub. The United States wasn't even the United States in 1627. They've been right. drinking beer in this pub, in, in this pub since 1627. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing in the United States that is old compared right. to the things like that we that. saw in London. Oh Just yeah, and, and you know the, the the weird thing is it was raining while we were there. You know, I was yeah. like, wow, why is it so wet here? But yeah, you know. <laughs> um, cold but damp rain. It was a little damp rain. Uh, but the one thing about Briar Greaves and our good friends at Briar Greaves. Yes. Is is there's no dampness there when you call those guys? It's a, like a ray of sunshine, Mark. It just is. Uh, it, you told me a long time ago, Mark. Yes. You said, Scott, like you got to call Briar Greaves, not just because they're an advertiser, but you're a homeowner, and and let them check out your your homeowner's policy, see if they can find you a better rate, match whatever. And, and if and if they don't, then there's no obligation. Exactly. Well, right after you said that, I got a, a cancellation notice from my previous company uh, over some kind of BS excuse about my property. And and the first thing I did was I said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to call Briar Greaves. And actually, I didn't call Briar Greaves. I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not lying, but the first thing right. I did was I actually went to briargreavesinsurance.com, went to the right. website. Because sometimes when you have like a, a smaller kind of a, of a mom and pop type business, you know, uh, it's it's not as professional as like the big slick insurance companies. No, that website is damn professional. And Briar and Sam are the most professional insurance agents around. And you know why? They've been serving the Tampa Bay area for 30 years. They got this down pat. So call Briar Greaves Insurance for your homeowners, auto owners, boat owners, life insurance, commercial insurance, and flood insurance needs. A lot of those homeowner policies, uh, I should say a lot of the homeowner companies, they're canceling. They're not renewing their policies. They're leaving Florida. They're increasing the premium rates significantly. Do what I did. 
Call Briar Greaves. Speak directly to Briar and Sam. As you know by now, they're big Bucks fans. They'll, they'll talk Bucks football with you, and that's awesome. We appreciate them for being proud sponsors of, of the Pewter Report podcast and on pewterreport.com. Visit briargreavesinsurance.com or call 813-876-4166. That's 813-876-4166. You'd be glad that you did. And, and everybody listening in the United States anyway, I don't know about you guys in Ireland and England and, and all over the world, but everybody needs insurance, some type of insurance, whether it's auto, home, life, boat, flood. There's an insurance need that you, you're paying for some type of insurance right now. Why right. not give Brian Reeves a call and let them just see if they can save you some money? If they can't, they can't. It's no big deal. Uh, yep. But also let them know you appreciate them sponsoring this Pewter Nation. I'm sorry, right. Pewter Report podcast. And yep. Scott, you mentioned the professionalism of their website. Um, and, and it's not a mom and pop website. What I love about going in and meeting with those people or talking to them on the phone is you get that personalized service, unlike the big box insurance yep. companies, right? Where you're just a number, you're just a policy number. Yep. I mean, Briar, I, I got to know Briar when he just called me earlier this year to say, Hey, how you doing? I'm your insurance agent. Let's just go over your policy. Is there anything you need? Anything you want to change? I mean, you don't get that from the big people. I mean, they, you get that from hometown service, and that's what I appreciate most about Briar Greaves. So make sure to give them a call, if you will. We appreciate that. Absolutely. You know what else we love, Mark? We love that super chat, 25 pounds Whoa. from Derek O'Brien, our great friend from Ireland. Happy New Year all the way from Ireland. Congrats on all the success this year. My go-to Bucks info is on Pewter Report. Man, we really appreciate that, uh, Dara, and we appreciate your, your previous super chats as well. And in your participation, actually, we appreciate everybody who takes sure. the time to either watch us live or watch the replays or listen to the audio podcasts on SoundCloud or iTunes. We appreciate all the super chats. We appreciate everybody. You guys have made 2020 not suck, right? Because it sucked in a lot of ways because mm, of COVID-19. It still sucks, but you've made it better, better sucking. You've made it a lot better, yeah. <laughs> and, and and listen, the, the Buccaneers, too, uh, they, they have they've really changed the narrative. As Mark and John and I have said in this podcast before, usually by now we're doing mock drafts. We're talking about future prospects uh, that this team is going to be looking at in the draft. Uh, we're saving all that coverage for where it belongs in the offseason. Why? Because there's playoffs to talk about. Yeah. And speaking of playoffs, uh, Mark, John and I talked about this the other day. Um, I want to get your input. Long lost laser asks rank our, uh, actually that wasn't the question from, uh, we'll actually, we'll do this one. We'll do this one. And then I'll get the other question from long lost laser rank our impending free agents on priority. Mark number one, Levante, number two, Shaq, number three, Gronk, number four, Godwin, number five, Sue. Do you agree with that list, Mark? Or is there a different order you would have those players ranked? Um, I well, I really like. Uh, I would really put Godwin up a little bit, a little bit higher up on the list. Um, yeah, I'd put Godwin yeah, I would, number two. Yeah, I would probably put him number two, uh, and go Shaq number three. And um, I love Gronkowski. Who knows if he wants to continue to play? That's really going to be yeah. his call. This team wants him back. I don't think at eight or nine million dollars, whatever they're paying him this year, maybe. Right. I don't know. Again, with, this is something that's going to be really interesting. That we hope people will follow us throughout the all season. Uh, is going to be how the Buccaneers are going to be able to manage this salary cap, which is going to right. be reduced considerably over what it would normally be increasing this year. So right. it was um, be... million this year. It's going to get down to, to around 175 million right. this year. So it's just a, a $23 million decline. Usually it goes right. up 10 million each year. It's actually decreasing $23 million or, or give or take a few hundred thousand this year, or I should say for next year for, for 2021. Now the Buccaneers, they're, they're just over $30 million 
and uh, having in terms of cap room. But the problem, look at this list, Mark. Levante, David, uh, Chris Godwin, Shaq Barrett, you might be able to get those those guys for 35, 36 million combined, right? Um, nah, maybe. Actually, I mean, maybe, uh, maybe two of those guys for, right. for sure, right? But there's going to have to be some give and take. For sure. Yeah. I found the question there. So let me ask you this. Long last laser wants to know who would you rather play in the wild card, Washington or Dallas or even the Giants, Mark? Well, I'm taking the Giants. The Buccaneers have already beaten the Giants, and, and Daniel yeah. Jones is a terrible quarterback. So I, I would take the Giants over that. Secondly, I would probably take Washington because Alex Smith, if he does come back, if he's able to play, you know, he's, he's already gimpy. I'm not knocking his bad leg that he almost lost a couple years ago. I'm just saying he's got some some injuries and has been banged up some this year since he took over that starting role. Uh, that team is kind of in turmoil, the whole Haskins thing. They looked awful last week. So um, I would say them Dallas a few weeks ago, I would have said Dallas, but, um, but you know, they've beaten some decent teams this year. Yeah. They've played better as of late. And as John Ledger pointed out in one of our group chats earlier this week, um, you know, they've got a hell of an offense as far as, you know, receivers. And when you start looking at matchups, um, you know, the Bucks secondary versus the Dallas receivers, that makes me a little bit nervous, although Andy Dalton doesn't particularly scare me at quarterback. So um, yeah. so I would probably take, uh, say, Giants, Washington, then Dallas would be my, in the order of the teams that I would want to play. Yep, I agree. Um, let's see here. Devin White, 10 sacks, no Pro Bowl, media hate us. Well, he's got nine sacks. I wouldn't be surprised. I said this in my two-point conversion, my, my prediction at the end of <laughs> – of my column. I wouldn't be surprised just because Devin White's hot right now rushing the passer and he had three sacks against Atlanta before and they were having some problems with their centers uh, in terms of their health. And also James Carpenter who gave up a sack in that game, the left guard. I wouldn't be surprised if Devin White gets two sacks in this game, finishes with 11 and ends up leading the team. I could see Jason Pierre-Paul getting a sack and having 10 and a half. But if you would have told me that Devin White would lead the team in sacks at the beginning of the year, I would have said, wow, that's that's surprising. I would I would have said JPP and Shaq Barrett would have been injured in week one out for the year if you would have told me <laughs> yeah. that Devin White was going to lead the team in sacks. Uh, yeah, he's, done a, exactly. he's done a tremendous job. I mean, there's deficiencies in his game. We've pointed him out. He's not perfect. Um, but, you know, we love his attitude. We love his work ethic. And, um, you know, he's doing all he can to be better. Hopefully yeah. in offseason, in person, again, we don't know what the NFL is going to be like three, four months from now. But, you know, him being able to get on the field is going to help him in the pass coverage. You can't practice covering receivers coming out of the backfield yeah. or tight ends. Or even if you're stuck, you know, in a zone in the middle in a receiver, you can't practice that in That's a Zoom right. call. You just can't do it. And no, those right. 400 reps he missed on defense is hurting him a little bit. But what no, a, what exactly. a great guy! I would I would love to have seen him in the Pro Bowl. I think he probably deserved it. Maybe even a little bit more with JPP. But um, if if listen, if he ends up winning or uh, the sack title a lead for the Buccaneers, then JPP should should just hand him over his Pro Bowl <laughs> trophy because there is technically no Pro Bowl this year. They're literally right. going to yeah. play a Madden tournament. Right. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it's it's not like there's actually a game to go to in media. Right. And all and that. There's not going to be any of those, those injury substitutions or so and so is not playing the Pro Bowl because of the or Super playoffs Bowl. or playoffs. Right. I mean, even right. Super Bowl teams who championship NFC and AFC championship teams and Super Bowl teams didn't usually, you know, their guys didn't go to the Pro Bowl. Right. And, and that's there's not going to be substitution. Who? What is somebody going to say? You know what? I don't feel like playing in the Madden tournament this year. I'm going <laughs> to skip it. I mean, come on. 
Yeah, no. So, the, so uh, what you see is what you get in terms of the yeah. Pro Bowl guys this year. Um, but I, I think too, Devin White is setting the stage for a possible Pro Bowl berth next year if if he can be much better in pass coverage. He's going to make some serious strides there. And Mark, you pointed it out, and I think you're exactly right. I wrote about it in in uh, one of my last SRS Fab Fives. This whole um, group of of second year Buccaneers: Sean Murphy, Bunting, Jamel Dean. Yeah. Mike Edwards, Anthony Nelson. Anthony Nelson has not ever played in a preseason game before. He missed, right. he missed the first preseason with injuries his rookie year last year. This year, there was no preseason. So, I mean, Anthony Nelson's played in, you know, uh, going on 30-some, uh, you know, games at, at regular season. He's yet to even play in a, in a preseason game in August. But I do think that once Devin White and Jamel Dean and, and even Scotty Miller – uh, Anthony Nelson, everybody from that draft class in 2019, they're going to be better once they have all those yeah. offseason reps and OTAs and mini camps and, and, a, and a, a full training camp, not this truncated three week version we saw last year, but a full five week training camp. It's going to make all these guys better. And then you got Vita Vea back and OJ Howard back. And if you're excited about this year's Buccaneer team, I tell you, next year's Buccaneer team. Um, Look out. Uh, we got a, a great question here, and we're just wrapping up the pod. So let's make this our last question. Uh, Mo Rama asks, uh, What grade would you give TB12, Mark? This is a guy that has 36 touchdown passes, set the franchise record. He's got 39 total when you add in those three rushing touchdowns, only 11 interceptions, and has been the catalyst for this playoff run. What grade do you give? Tom Brady in his first year in Tampa Bay, in a new offense, in a new team with new teammates without an offseason. Scott, you and I saw it from the very first day we got to go out to training camp this year. Just a different guy under center. And again, I'm not knocking the Brad Johnsons that we've seen, the Bruce Gradkowskis, the Trent Dilfers, the, the James Winstons, the Mike Glennons, whoever it might be under center, Josh McCowns. This guy, there was just something different about him, the way he did things and the way that he um, redid things. If he didn't like it done the, you know, the first time, uh, you know, we rerunning plays and, you know, he's such a perfectionist and it's really rubbed off on the team. I think he's an, it's, he's an A player without a doubt, if not an A plus player. Um, I, I don't, I, you can't find many weaknesses in his game, right? He's, it, you would love to see him a little bit more mobile. You would love to see him hang on to the ball just a touch longer from time to time. Um, but, but I mean, you can't argue with eleven and five. Uh, I'm working on a column um, about how long it's been since the Buccaneers have been to the playoffs. Scott, in 2008, the first year after the Buccaneers, okay, the Buccaneers went to playoffs 2007 last time. 2008, right. they they don't make the playoffs. They go um, nine and seven after starting nine and three. Um, guess what song was the top song on the charts back then? In 2007, I have no idea. Flo Rida had oh, the top God. song. American Idol in its first season was the top on TV. The Dark right. Knight was the top grossing movie. That's a great I movie. Mean, yeah. It, yeah. I never saw it because I don't watch comic book movies. But yeah. my point is, is, is that just seems like you know a hundred years ago, and and it's yeah. it feels like that to Buccaneer fans. I remember walking out of Raymond James Stadium. Me and my son went to that game. He was seven years old. He's twenty years old now, Scott. And they've lost a generation of fans with ineptitude over the last twelve years. So yeah. Buccaneer fans deserve this. The players, the organization, but you know who deserves it more than anybody? I really believe it's the fans. And I'm going to give yeah. a lot of that credit to Tom Brady for changing things for this Buccaneer yeah. organization. 
Mark, I heard you say 11 and five. And for that to happen, you know what that means. They got to win on Sunday. So let's go right to our predictions for this last podcast of 2020. It's our Falcons Bucks preview podcast. So uh, let's let's uh, hear from you, Mark Cook. What's your score for Sunday? How is how is Sunday going to shake down for the Buccaneers? 11 and five or 10 and six heading in no, the playoffs? It's going to be 11 and five. Um, you know, I think this is the game where the Falcons, again, they don't Detroit check out. And you've made a great point, but they've tried, Scott, to finish games. They just can't do it. It's the end of the year. Uh, Julio, if he's smart, he'll sit out. Alex Mack, if he's smart, he'll sit out. There's a lot of guys that probably should just sit out with some lingering injuries. Um, Raheem Morris wants to win this football game, but I think he knows now that he's not going to be the coach of the Falcons. Had they beaten the Buccaneers, had they been able to beat the Chiefs, um, there was a couple other games that they lost. And the, the Saints, they played the Saints very close a few weeks ago. They win right. those games and maybe Raheem has a chance, but I don't think he really has a chance. Although uh, Rich McKay said he will be interviewed, they're going to yeah. go outside the box and, and start all they over. But I, I don't I don't think this team is trying to win this game for Raheem Morris. I think they want to get in, get out, not get yeah. hurt, and uh, and start all over. Because they know that the whole organization is lame duck right now. They don't know who their coach, right. their general manager is going to be. They don't know if Matt Ryan is going to be back, although at $48 million cap hit, he probably will be. Yeah. Uh, but are they going to draft a new quarterback at the number four position for the future? So many unanswered questions. I, I just think the Buccaneers uh, whip them pretty good. I'm going to say I'm going to go uh, 38 to uh, to 20 for my final. Wow. Wow. And um, Ronald Jones gets his 100 yards. He gets 101, yeah. and Mike Evans ends up with 1,005 yards. He's not going to be like Mike Williams a few years ago who fell, who dropped a pass that would have put him over 1,000 right. yards, ended up with 996 on the season. Yeah. Um, Michael exactly. gets 1,000. Uh, like you, Mark, I think the Bucks will finish 11 and 5. Uh, I originally said way back in my Peter Report roundtable about a month ago when we were talking about the Bucks finishes, I thought they would finish three and one, but I, I like the way they've taken care of business and 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 really getting that win in Atlanta was key because I thought that was the one they were going to drop. I thought they beat the Vikings that that game in Atlanta was one I was yeah. a little concerned about, um, but believe it or not, that week I actually said the Bucks would would win because they I, I like what they did against the Vikings. So I think they're going to go four zero down the stretch here. Bucks win to beat the Falcons. 33 to 23. I think it's a little closer um, on the scoreboard, but I think the Falcons get a late score and kind of like dress it up a little bit. But I think Tampa Bay has a lead at halftime in this game. I like what they did in the first quarter against the Lions, kind of got that monkey up the up their back. And and I, I do see this team going 11-5. They're on a mission. They're playing well. They want to continue to play well. And, um, and I think they're going to get the job done there. So a uh, couple of other um, – scores to post here from from some of the fans and guys we really appreciate uh your your time and attention and the great questions and comments donations yes and the super chat donations uh and and for all of the love you've given pewterreport.com by visiting the website and for interacting with us on twitter and facebook and and instagram uh greatly appreciate it if you haven't subscribed to our podcast yet, you can do so on YouTube. Go to youtube.com uh, backslash Peter Report TV. Peter Report TV, that's how you find us. Uh, click on the subscribe button and then click on notifications, and you will be notified every time we go live. So, no podcast tomorrow. Enjoy New Year's Eve. Enjoy the New Year's 2021s around the corner. The Buccaneers want to ring in the new year with their 11th win of the season on Sunday at 1 o'clock at Raymond James Stadium. I'll be there. 
and uh, and we'll have a podcast for you wrapping up the regular season Sunday night at 7.30. And so on behalf of Mark Cook and myself and John Ledyard and Taylor Grizz Jenkins and Matt Matera and uh, Hugh MacArthur and Allison Pendrick and Cliff Welch and Kyle Thiel and the folks at Visual Realm and everybody on the Pew Report staff and our extended families, we want to say Happy New Year to you. And we will see you again on Sunday for the next edition of the Pewter Report podcast. Out. Out.